Alright, so this is test, 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 test. And I'm gonna run the. I guess I'm trying to run a whole episode here. I don't know how this wind is gonna be. Maybe if I hold the mic like this. And I'm gonna listen to it right after I record it. Uh, I'm recording on location. Uh, it's not a storm. The sky is clear, but it's very windy. And the lake, uh, on the shores of Lake, uh, uh, a secret lake right now. And it's incredibly, incredibly, uh, the surf is huge. So I don't know how much you can hear. And, um, it's coming right up to the edge of where I am. And so I don't know if the wind is going to affect this, uh, it's just past dusk, and yeah, so this is a test. I hope you're good, and uh, uh, let me do this for the patrons. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and friends beyond the binary, it's time uh, for me to run this test for my patrons. All right. Are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome this is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it the bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights and press play. I'm going to do the rest. And what I'm going to do is try to create a safe place where you can set aside whatever is keeping you awake, whether it's uh, thoughts, feelings, uh, physical sensations, or, you know, you might be hearing this in the background. You might be, Scoots, what's that? It's a sweet crashing of surf, uh, waves on the shore at the uh, dawning of night. I think it's 10 p.m., but at the uh, distant horizon, you know, there's still lightness there, which surprises me that it's 10 p.m. But I'm here, uh, and uh, yeah, this is a podcast of which you sleep. If you're new, it's occasion. We have an occasional on-location episode. These aren't for everybody. I love making them. And the listeners that do love them, love them. You know, I'm bringing you to the beach. Uh, That's where I am right now. And it's a rocky beach, and the waves are rocking. You know, I've come a-knocking in search of uh, bedtime stories. So I'm glad you're here. So normally, let me give you the structure of the show if you're new. Uh, First six minutes of the show or so are business. And that's how we, uh, you know, keep the show free, all the archives free. So that's the first six minutes of the show, or six minutes or so of the show. And if you're new, you can kind of skip over that part. Uh, if you're a regular listener, kind of essential. Just remember tomorrow when you put your hand on your refrigerator, say, huh, wh- wh- who sponsored Sleep With Me last night? Let me check the show notes and see. Uh, then with a normal podcast episode, we have about a 12-minute intro. With an on-location show like tonight's, I guess it'll be like a... I'll just kind of do like an ongoing ramble. I'm looking right at the Big Dipper now. And uh, I think they would call me, if, if you could put my, if, if I was a constellation, I'd be the Big Dripper. Uh, or the Big Drip, you're right. It could be, I think the Big Dripper. How come, like, you, you know there was the Big Bopper. I remember hearing that term. I never quite, I don't know who the Big Bopper really was. I'm sorry, Big Bopper fans. Maybe that's a nickname that needs to come back, the Big Bopper. And, you know, I think, I guess, though, if you were, if your nickname was the Big Bopper nowadays, actually, nowadays, people don't even play that game where you bop, uh, 
what's that whack-a-mole i think like whoever has a world record of whack-a-mole i guess they'd be the big whacker but you don't really want to be that anyway if you're new here i'm already off topic uh so this is sleep with me podcast to put you to sleep tonight's episode's on location so a little bit different uh but usually we have an intro that's about 12 minutes then we get into the episode tonight i think i was trying to say it'll be a little bit of a hybrid edition where i'm just going to be rambling and uh you know, talking about this lake and the white caps and the clouds and the stars, and we'll see where it goes. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what twinkling we get. Also, going to see you know how this wind is. Uh, but this is a podcast of which you sleep. So if you're new, you know, this podcast is a little bit different. It's not for everybody. Uh, in case anybody's wondering, I am on Moon Watch. I don't see the moon. There's a big hill behind me. I'm up against a hill, like a dune-like hill, so I can only see what I believe is north uh, and west. But, and again, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know I'm not... Orienteering is not my specialty. Actually, it is. Like, oh, yeah, I could, tell, I could talk about... Uh, I could talk a little bit about my day today. Uh, but anyway, if you're new here... Uh, so this is a podcast that puts you to sleep. It's a little bit different, clearly. I'm a little bit different. Tonight we're on location, so that's a little bit different and unexpected. But I want to take you, you know, I like taking you someplace. Uh, but in a weird way so you don't have to listen, you know. You can kind of listen to those waves, the swishing. I mean, this is pure white noise. Uh, I guess it's more uh, uh, chocolate milk noise to me, because that's kind of the color with the uh, white foam that I'm looking at here. Uh, I think I've two, talked about two, I think maybe it was two years ago when I did an on-location episode here. And I said, geez, does, like, uh, when, when the sun goes down, do things turn to black and white, or is that just my imagination? Uh, but you know what keeps me up at night is black and white thinking. I do a lot of that, all-or-nothing thinking. And so that's why I started making the show. I've had trouble sleeping. And the idea of this podcast is you don't really need to pay attention I'll be here to distract you, but, but uh, well, you don't have to pay attention. You're also under no pressure to fall asleep. I'll be here to keep you company. I'll be trying to slow it down and keep you here at this lake, observe some things, do some chitter-chatter. I had a, you know, I once had a gerbil named Chitter. Maybe talk about some of these stars that are starting to pop out, the Big Dipper, uh, the, the, uh, I'm, I'm getting some, some. I don't think it's sea foam, but uh, what is it called when the sea sea brand, sea spray sea spray? I'm getting some sea spray. It's more lake spray though, because this isn't technically a sea. I mean, no offense to the lake. I I would call you an inland sea. I don't know, but I guess you need salt water for that. Uh, I mean, who knows? I, you know, everybody knows everything, but uh, I could call you an inland sea. But I guess I'd be incorrect. I guess if the technical term sea, you know, salt and sea, they call that, that, that gets salt, salted twice. But so if you're new, I guess that's about it. Like, this is a podcast of which you sleep. It's to take your mind off of stuff. And uh, I'll be here for about an hour. And I hope I can help you fall asleep. I appreciate you stopping by. Podcast isn't for everybody. Give it a few tries. And, uh, you know, I, I hope I can help you. All right, so we we're starting the episode out here, and I'm here uh, live on the shore of uh, one of the Great Lakes, uh, the greatest lake, uh, the greatest of the Great Lakes, in my opinion. Uh, 
Lake Ontario. I got mixed up there because, uh, uh, I don't know, I think I was thinking about all the sea breeze. And, uh, yeah, I'm here on uh, fam- with family stuff. I got a bunch of family functions. And tonight was my parents' 45th anniversary. And to celebrate it, we went out to dinner, the three of us. And no, I'm not joking. Uh, and sat in a booth at a restaurant. And my parents were on one side. I was on the other side. And I talked to, I talked to them about the birds and the bees. And uh, also, you know, legal pride. You know, I said, well, Dad, this is where you're going to live uh, when I get full legal control of you. No, we had that argument earlier in the day. I gave my parents may be listening to this, uh, but yeah, we had a wonderful dinner uh, at a place uh, specializes in smoke, smoke and stuff, and uh, they really smoked the smoke. I don't know. I don't know how good they did. I, it, it was a. Uh, I didn't choose the restaurant, but I was very happy with my uh, smoked meat that I had. Neither of my parents finished more than twelve percent of their entrees. They both had different kinds of pasta. And I was a little bit, and I said, hmm, I don't know. Uh, like, but I didn't want to ask him, geez, was it not, neither one of them, they had different dishes. But I was happy with my dish on their, for their anniversary dinner. Uh, but we had a nice dinner. And then uh, my mother and I went and got ice cream. Uh, we, we, uh, we had two cars. Uh, and uh, we, we, we had the day today together, the three of us. And... Uh, my, they they exchanged cards in front of me, and uh, it was a nice day. And then they went to bed, and I said, "Well, just in, you know," so I said, "I'll go outside and uh, I cleared my throat a few times." Remember that talk at dinner? I'm going to go outside and record a podcast, and I'll do about down by that lake that is so loud it drowns out all noises. You know, I'll try to re- record a podcast down there. Uh, uh, throat clear throat clear giggle 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 i don't know i didn't actually do that because uh, they were I, I don't know some, something was said uh and uh, they were bantering anyway and i said well let me get oh and then my dad started locking things up and i said well i still got to go out it's only 10 o'clock i got to go outside and record a podcast or at least attempt to record a podcast uh ABR, Dad, always be recording, even when you're on the road, especially on a night like uh, tonight when uh, the wind and the waves are blasting. You know, it's a guaranteed home run. I think a plane's going by right now. So that's the location I'm in. And I was thinking today, I managed to get in the lake twice. It's very, um, it's very churny. Now, for those of you that uh, haven't been to a great lake, actually, I've only... I don't know. I mean, I know, like, all you're going to say, well, Superior's the best. You know, look at, you know, look it up. And I'd say, okay, like, uh, never, I've never swam in Lake Superior. I swam in Lake Erie before, and I don't, this isn't meant to sound harsh, don't really remember much about it. Uh, but I love this lake. Uh, lady, Lake, Lay, Lady, Lay, Lady, Lady, Lake is what I say when I'm here. I love Lake Ontario. I do have a spiritual connection with this lake. I have an emotional connection with this lake. And as often as I possibly can, uh, though it's tough living pretty far away, uh, I like to have a physical connection with this lake. And I'm not kidding. Like, I love 
uh, this lake. And I'm looking at it now. And I don't know if it's temperamental. Maybe it's... And I was thinking when I was in it earlier. So I went twice. And my parents were very concerned because, uh, like, uh, it, there were some some waves. But I, I'm... I love swimming. I know my limits. And I know my... I know this lake. Uh, and I know this lake is not to be trifled with. It's She's meant to be respected. And, you know, not... You know, so I was aware... I was okay. Let's retake that. So I was aware, and uh, you know, it it looked, for, you know, from a parent's perspective, it probably looked pretty rough. But once you got in there, it was just a matter of awareness. Uh, but yeah, you do have white caps that you can hear, and the waves were crashing. Uh, water temperature—I don't know what it was, but it it was—it uh, felt fantastic. I mean, like, I mean, to be like. Uh, I guess depending on how you, I mean, depending on how you defend, depending on how you define lovers, it was like I was in the embrace of a long lost lover, and much like all most of my other, it was involved the same. uh, It was a, I guess, because I don't feel like I have a plutonic relationship with this lake, uh, though, you know, our intimacy is not. uh, I don't know. It's lover level. It just doesn't involve any loving. That's that's like all my lovers. Uh, but like, uh, so I love this lake, and I was hoping to have a placid. I mean, I guess this you know lover material too. I was like, uh, maybe I'll I'll sit down by the lake and it'll be calm, and I could talk about our relationship and the times we've shared, and uh, but you know. A little t- temperamental tonight. It's, things are temperamental. I also, uh, I guess this is going to sound weird with what I just said, but and so maybe and maybe it did. This is a better way to describe it too. Is like uh, it did feel like a pet, like a like I felt like with the waves and my feeling, like that the wave was greeting me like a dog. You know, after you'd been a while, after I'd been away for a while, or a pet, I could feel the water uh, smiling. And uh, the first time I went in, it was uh, it wasn't quite as rough. There wasn't like um, the uh, like a current uh, like there was a current going parallel to the shore the second time I got in, which is a little bit tiring. So it was t- you know I had to concentrate more on the current in my swimming. So it was a little bit harder to uh, you know, think about uh, think about how much I love the lake. Now I got to change subjects here because I'm I'm looking out at the lake, and then I'm also looking at the sky. And as I said, it's like it's right pushing 11 p.m. here, uh, but there's still it's still pretty clear out. I don't I think it's a full moon, but I don't see a moon. Uh, the moon might break over the hill while we're talking, uh, but but uh, I don't know. Sun probably went down an hour or two ago, but I can still see some clouds. And so it's really beautiful, like down by the uh, horizon, it's like a a grayish, bluish uh, sky, almost like a transparency. There's a few wispy clouds that look like uh, black smoke. There's a plane or some sort of uh, object uh, crossing the sky slowly and blinking. And then as you go up uh, into the sky... It really looks like Bob... I mean, I, I don't know if uh, Bob Ross's... I don't know if Bob Ross's spirit is here with me, but there's uh, 
some really nice gray puffy clouds and they have the nice layers of gray like the bottoms are dark dark gray almost black and then the fronts and the puffy tops are white to gray you know like the gray hair of someone with so much wisdom I guess all of the tones of a wise gray person and the one cloud that I'm looking at almost like I'm making eye contact with it because it looks a little bit like uh, the um, signature cave in the movie Goonies and it's looking right back at me but like with a little bit more defined kind of like the look I have on my face like a furrowed brow and a little bit grouchier like I don't know how many people like were kids in the 90s but I remember this, uh, I remember these TV commercials, I remember my siblings having this. There was a time they decided to come out with balls, like baseball-sized balls, and they had faces on them. I, I don't know what they are called. I, I recently saw an ad in a, a comic book, uh, like in one of the Archie comics, and I forget what they were called, like choppers or something. And they were like little baseballs, but they were soft foam balls you could play catch with. But they had faces on them. And, you know, some of the faces were silly, but a lot of them looked kind of grouchy, which I never got. I said, why would you want to just throw you against something? I guess if it's a ball, uh, if you're playing baseball or something with it. Uh, but so I got those clouds I'm looking at and to the left of it. Uh, a couple of clouds over, there's a cloud that looks a bit like an F. A really stylized F, uh, like actually almost like a, well, it almost looks like, yeah, like it's a cartoon F, like with a mouth. Maybe I'm just personifying or whatever, personalizing these clouds with a nose and then a a brow or a head of hair. Uh, So the first part of the F is between the head of hair and the nose. I guess it would be an F with one extra... Um, what do you call those cross hatches or whatever the heck you call them on an F? Most stylist styling F uh, I've ever seen. Or it could be uh, like a goatee. Like it, it looks like it has a goatee. First F with a goatee. And actually, as I'm talking about it, the clouds are drifting and uh, the nose is becoming more rounded and less prominent. So that's nice. And as you go up in the sky, it becomes more and more black and less and less blue and then yeah I happen to be in a, a great sitting position right under the Big Dipper or the Little Dipper you know who knows uh, uh, let's see let's see it's got it's ladle it's ladle's arm has three stars that I can see and then four stars in the pot thing so three stars in the handle and four stars in the uh, Whatever, the scoop. Uh, So I don't know if that's the Big Dipper or the Little Dipper. Like I said, I'm the Big Dip. But I don't don't know. Like, uh, there's probably more stars yet to come out there. You know, maybe it's because of the uh, full moon. I don't know if it'll be a blue moon. You know, they always say to me, uh, yeah, I'll go out out with you in a blue moon. Uh, Actually, no one's ever said that to me because... I think they stopped using that phrase in the in the fifties. But what is a blue moon? And also, I'm trying to hint to the moon to get its uh, get its 
you know, M-O-O-N-A-S-S over here so I can look at it or get the moon's moon uh, so I can take a look at it. But I guess I could talk more about my history and my love of Lake Ontario. I, don't, I can't even pander to the lake because it's so loud. I don't even know if you can hear me and hear me say, Lake Ontario, I love you. Lake Ontario, I love you. I mean, it's it just not... Why, why do I have to say more? And when I was swimming in you, I, I had about 8,000 memories of uh, my feelings for you. I said, well, I could probably feel like an hour and a half uh, talking about you. And now... Um, well, actually, now the lake is calling my attention on a uh, olfactory level. I'm just going to take a couple breaths here. It must be kicking up some of its bottom. because, it, And it's not a bad smell, but a, like a swampy, wet, uh, gritty, earthy smell. Uh, like you would smell at the bottom of a lake. Uh, and the lake's really coming up. I mean, she must be, like, thinking she's getting it, like, uh, that we're sharing a room because she's coming right up to my uh, feet nearly. Uh, so, yeah, what, what, what were we talking about, uh, Lake Ontario? Can I call you Terry? Like, how would you feel about that? Has anyone ever called you Terry? Oh, the, I, the lake just answered me. And the uh, last guy they called Lake Ontario, Terry... What about Terry? Eh, what if I do it anyway, Terry? Um, if you don't like it, I don't have to. But uh, So Lake Ontario and I have a pretty long history. And, you know, not all good times. Uh, I was very re- resistant to Lake Ontario. I went through, I guess, three stages. Uh, but actually, let me go back to these clouds. Because now the sky is getting darker. And while I can't see the moon... You know, like a light for a movie, uh, the moonlight is hitting the clouds. And then the back sky, but the, still the sun's coming up from the horizon, so they're barely backlighting the clouds. Really, really spectacular. And uh, really, really an honor. Honor to be here tonight, uh, here in Terry's house, uh, you know, talking Terry, because uh, we've got a long history. I don't know... Actually, I probably could piece out um, the first time I swam in Lake Ontario. Uh, I'd have to say there's a 50-50 chance. Uh, My dad had a friend. His name was Norm. And Norm and my dad, uh, they they seemed like they were good friends. And Norm lived on Lake Ontario. Or I don't know if he had a camp. It was more of a, like, they call them camps here. There's two things. There's summer houses and there's camps. And I I guess, like, some people would call them cabins. Like, a summer house is like a house uh, that you live in in the summer. But it's like, uh, like, uh, that means it's really, like, it means it's pretty nice. And usually it has heat. So I guess if, even if it's a summer house, you could live in it in the winter. And, like, it also, I guess, like, and, and this is going to sound... I think this is true, though. Like, a summer house seems like it was built with architectural plans and uh, built at one time by one contractor or builder. Camps and cabins, uh, 
seem like uh, like uh, they were kind of uh, put together and and like the best uh, I don't know like like uh, they they're not usually livable in the winter and usually you know I don't know what the foundation situation is but the floor you know it's not perfectly in balance and uh, you know it's been upgraded in different ways in different times and maybe there's like strange additions and my parents have a camp uh, that's where I am right now but Norm my dad's friend Norm he kind of had something between a camp and a summer house he also had uh, one of his daughters would become my babysitter another one of his daughters was one of my first uh, super crushes because uh, she was like uh, quite a few years older than me. I mean, not not a ton, maybe four to six years older than me. And uh, oh boy, did I like uh, just loved looking at her. Uh, and her older sister was my babysitter for a while. And uh, I don't know how I, now I'm trying to uh, get out of this one. But I remember we visited my dad's friend Norm. This was before his daughters were babysitting. So I was young. They were probably pretty young. They probably weren't around or they were too cool. Um, But I can remember going with my dad to visit his friend Norm at his house on the lake and going swimming, and that would have been in Lake Ontario. And I can't really remember that that much about it. I remember Norm was really cool. He was a nice, really nice guy. You know, I'd remember it later on because I had a crush on his daughter and his daughter that babysat us was also uh, incredibly kind and wonderful babysitter. It was just that, like, I, I would have had a crush on her, too, just in case nobody's listening for posterity's sake. Uh, but I already had a crush on her sister. So uh, so that was one trip to Lake. But then uh, we're going to deep, deep into my, uh, my past here, my family history. And my mom... Uh, comes from a very large family. She has a lot of siblings, a lot of brothers and sisters, and her father and mother were very uh, traditional, almost stereotypical Irish Catholic family. And so my mom's dad even has a big family. uh, Like, uh, we just had a really big family growing up, uh, an extended family. And not even, like, so my grandfather's, like, siblings, my mom's family was so big, we rarely encountered my grandfather's siblings' families, uh, which I don't know if that's your second cousins and aunts and uncles. And I don't know if it was every year or just uh, every other year, but at some point in my childhood, and I'm not sure if it was my childhood memory or my actual childhood, my entire extended family would have a family reunion, and I guess for the younger, like, this was when I was a little kid, so whatever age you become sentient, I guess somewhere, like, starting at 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, I begin remembering this, uh, probably in the, the younger side of that. But at some time as a kid, we started having this family reunion in the summertime on the shores of Lake Ontario. It, it would be, like, in the summer, and it was centered around, for the adults, a golf tournament at a public golf course... Uh, so not super fancy, uh, but I was never involved. I had never played golf, and I, I actually tried a couple times, and it's not for me. But so where all the adults would go to this, uh, like, uh, 
like, I don't know, public golf course. And they would play golf. And then after they came back from golf, there'd be a big barbecue. And there'd be tons and tons of kids. I mean, we're talking a giant family reunion. Uh, and there would be awards. And there would be a lot of... Uh, for the kids, there was a lot of drinking. Uh, for the kids, it was... Uh, they would have a soda fountain. Like, a, I could... I, I don't know if they had this every year. But this is what I look forward to the most... Uh, you know, foreshadowing my future is uh, they had like a soda taps, which I've never, I couldn't, even as a kid, I, I don't know, maybe one of my uh, second aunts and uncles or whatever worked at a soda distributor or something, but they had, would have like a Pepsi, Diet Pepsi, orange soda, maybe root beer. Like, I remember it was four taps, and we, I mean, I guess this doesn't happen anymore. Like, there's probably, like, 30, 40 kids, like, just subsisting on soda and hot dogs and potato salad. And, I mean, I remember drinking, like, uh, and then I'd start, you know, after a while, after I'd had a bunch of Cokes and I'd gotten nice and hopped up, then we'd start mixing, like, orange soda and then maybe even mix in some Diet Coke and start, you know, making our own soda cocktails and we would swim in Lake Ontario, so that was, like, a big part of it. Uh, let's see. Other big parts about this uh, family event were uh, one of my aunts, so one of my, like, second uncles. Like, so my my grandpa's, one of my grandpa's siblings, maybe his sister or his brother, uh, one of their children, or maybe his, like, one of their children was married to a woman who was one of the doctors in the movie E.T. So that was a pretty big deal. And then there was another aunt that I had a crush on there, but she was like a second or third aunt-in-law. You know, she was married to one of my second uncles. So I remember I had a big crush on her for a while. So most of my life is, you know, based on these things. And so we would drink a lot of soda. We would play volleyball. I'm not even sure, like, of the family tree accounting uh, like of of everyone. I mean, I know my current, uh, just my mom's side of the family. I don't know if we're up to. I don't even know what we're up to now. Like, I, I have a feeling I have around fifty or sixty cousins. Uh, so very very large family, and this would be like, this would be the big thing. And I'm sure for the adult, the young adults, maybe the older adults. It seemed like a lot of my aunts and uncles, uh, that were college age and like in their 20s like it just seemed like a roaring party and i was like i can't wait until i grow up and i'm uh of age where you know they just seem like they're i didn't even i don't even think i realized what alcohol was at this time i mean i remember seeing a bunch of kegs and and you know bottles and stuff but uh and i don't ever remember anybody acting nuts so it just seemed like like a very uh like in my mind even my memories are of uh, very idyllic memories, uh, not quite super cherished, I guess, because it was kind of infrequent, in very event-based. But I do remember like the all-day party uh, for this family reunion every year, and I remember the golf awards and not even knowing. I remember my aunt Helen who uh, passed last year. She was she most of the time won. Uh, either with the handicap or she was like one of the better golfers 
and then maybe one or two of my uncles. But I remember, you know, there was like uh, other awards for like closest to the pin and longest drive. And then at some point, I got to the age where I could caddy. There wasn't really anybody caddying, uh, but it, I think I was like uh, probably thirteen, and maybe me and one of my one or two of my other siblings, you know, some of our cool college age uncles let us uh, caddy for them which mostly involved me like being like you mean I can drive this golf cart so probably wasn't the best thing to have us caddying and I think after nine holes they were like okay why don't you guys uh, why don't we call it quits with you caddying because even then I was like if I'm not driving this golf cart this golf thing is incredibly dull how boring can it get Uh, like you're just hitting these balls and walking after them but I remember feeling pretty cool caddying just because driving the golf cart. That was a one-time thing, so I don't know. And then one year, I think uh, me and my brother and my cousin tried to play in it, maybe when we were in high school, and I'd never really golfed before, and I quit after nine holes. I was like, I hate golf. I guess I learned I hate golf. I mean, I'm just I'm left-handed, and I'm one of those people, once I start overthinking, you know, forget about it. So... Uh, but I do remember the vo- I wasn't very good at volleyball, but I remember uh, some of my mom's brothers being very encouraging, and you know they playing on different teams, so being very competitive, and it kind of just being fun. I remember there was a hammock, so there would be a lot of hammock swing, like you know someone pushing all the little kids. We'd all climb in the hammock and try to hang on, and someone would try to push the hammock. I remember swimming a lot. Um, I remember, I think there was only one bathroom. So I remember uh, always being, you know, maybe I just probably went in the lake or having to wait in line for the bathroom. Maybe there was more than one, but there was only one that I knew about. Uh, But that was on the shores of Lake Ontario. Then at some point, uh, my parents decided with uh, one of my mom's uh, siblings to go in on a camp together. And... uh, like, in the past, we had rented a camp, I think, I, like I talked about on uh, another lake, uh, Lake on Oneida Lake, uh, I guess, which I again found confusing. How come it's Oneida Lake, but it's Lake Ontario? There's Lake George, but then there's Skinny Atlas Lake, uh, Atisco Lake. Uh, never quite, I think somebody maybe tried to explain it to me. I mean, you know, I, I prefer to call this Lake Terry. When I kiss her tomorrow, when I dive right into her arms, and hopefully she's calmer. But so that was like a, another, and so I don't know which came first, those family reunions or our visit to Norm's. But then at some parent point, my parents uh, went in on this, this small camp uh, with, uh, like, together. And uh, I remember we would go up there, and my, my family had six kids. And my aunt and uncle's family, they had three kids. And uh, one of my cousins was my age. So for a little while, I I was right at that cusp of uh, awkwardness. So it was like, uh, you know, like I think there was like one year when maybe I was like uh, pre-middle school. Like before, once the angst set in with me, whatever age you get angsty, prepubescent angst, it really became like an unpleasant uh, youth to be around. I don't know if anybody... Like a little bit like a little Miss Sunshine, maybe, if you've seen that movie. But so pre-angst, uh, it was me, my cousin, and my brother, and we would play. Maybe we had a couple summers where we'd play a lot. Um, 
and swim and and uh it was uh it was still pretty nice but uh there was a lot of us uh crammed into this uh uh camp uh let's see my sister and my cousin uh were the same age as my brother so they were all so there was like uh you know two like five of us pretty close in age and then a bunch of younger siblings and then you know the siblings kind of stuck in the middle so a bit like, like a lot like my maybe now that i'm talking about it more memories will come up i don't have a ton of memories other than swimming and eating hot dogs and having orange popsicles you know stain my face and my shirt uh my unrequited crush on norm's daughter because she would be there and she always had boyfriends that had motorcycles so that made me think uh i guess i was you know pre-emasculated before i became became a man i was already emasculated by that they would have jet skis and you know i'd be like well you know that's not me i don't think i'll ever uh have a motorcycle or jet ski then i'd tell my mom and she'd say no no no, you never you'll never have a motorcycle uh she made me promise I would never ride a motorcycle, and she still makes me renew that promise. So, so you know, I remember pining after my my love, and and maybe even I, f- I think maybe finding some other, like I said, I had a crush on my aunt, and not a blood aunt, by the way. But so then, uh, after a while, like my angst set in. I don't know what age that was, like uh, 12, 13, 14. and then I became very brooding, and I wanted to work. And in New York State, at least at that time, you could work at a pretty young age. I don't know if it was 14 or 15. So I got a job at a grocery store so I could, like, stay home uh, in Syracuse and not be up here. And then I also developed this allergy to dust. And I don't know, like, honestly, oh, boy, I just saw a shooting star right above me. And it was a quick, brief one, but ultra bright. Uh, So I'm making a wish... On that star tonight, that you all rest well. But so, yeah, so, um, so when I, the angsty stage, like, and then I got this allergy to where, yeah, I guess it was a real allergy, but again, I don't know if it was caused, it was caused by something else, uh, but it was like, and, it, and I guess it became like a, like, it, it became like a feeding thing, because like, uh, I was allergic to the dust here. And I guess because probably inside, maybe it was when we were sleeping, like, if you have all these kids crammed in, let's see, well, whatever, there was a lot of kids and we were, like, sleeping in triple bunk beds and, you know, I mean, all our sandy feet and stuff. But I would get incredibly sneezy and runny noses, or maybe it was, like, something in the water. I mean, I think it was the dust, but who knows, like, and it would be really, like, a like uh well actually like when me and my parents talk about it i had like a runny nose like as soon as i think it became with like like being a late bloomer and uh it may, I might as well have never bloomed because uh as soon as i puberty hit me my nose started running pretty much uh from like seventh grade i didn't have puberty in seventh grade but you know my nose started running first i guess and it ran right until uh you know, prom night, like, and I was, so I was like, uh, I was just one of those kids with, uh, constant runny nose and sneezing, and my parents still joke now about, like, how I was addicted to Sudafed, and they're like, geez, maybe that was something with your behavioral issues, like, because you were taking four Sudafed a day, 
And like, do you think that had any like uh, speed effect on you? I said, I don't know. I just know I took Sudafed. I don't think it ever did anything for me. Uh, and I mean, these might sound like uh, exaggerations, but I think I took Sudafed again from seventh grade till probably junior and year in high school every day, and it never did anything. And I actually never even discovered uh, what's the stuff that actually works. Benadryl. I don't even know if it was when I was an adult or when I was in college that actually does work, but, I mean, it knocks you out and makes you totally, like, uh, useless that it could actually stop my nose from constantly running and constantly sneezing. Uh, What does that have to do with... What does Sudafed and Lake Ontario have in common? Oh, because I was sneezing so much, I didn't want to be here. Plus, like, I was in that, like, high school jerk phase or pre-high school... Once I got to high school, yeah, I was like, I do not want to be here. I want to be home. I want to be with my friends. Just like a teen girl in a movie. That's what. I, that's exactly what I was like. I'm not joking. I was a little brat. And uh, complained and pouted. And also, like, had the, the masculine side of that. Where, where I was just like a jerk and brooding and stuff like that, too. So those years, I don't, like... Uh, I actually, like, fell out of love with Lake Ontario. I had, uh, like, a great um, anger anger towards it uh, because they said, listen, I don't want to be here. And I guess it wasn't the lake's fault, just the area's fault. And I said, what am I, like, there's nothing to do except for swim and eat hot dogs and, you know, play with other children and, you know, have joy. Uh, but I guess, like, what was weird was when my hormones hit, you know, they didn't hit, they hit my you know, bad attitude first. So, I don't know. So I guess I have some amends to make. To, I mean, I know I do with the people in my life. Uh, but even this lake, uh, I guess... And what's interesting is that kind of uh, angst and dislike kind of uh, carried over into adulthood. Like, uh, I kind of never got over that. Uh, I guess because after high school... Um, I worked a lot, and so in the summers I was always working. So when I was in college, I, uh, you know, was always working. I didn't spend a lot of time at the lake and uh, swimming and stuff. And then after I got to college, I moved to California. After I got out of college, I moved to California. And then uh, I was in a r- relationship with a teacher, so she... Uh, and I don't know, I, I was trying to strike out on my own kind of thing. I was still angsty... And, you know, I said, oh, geez, I don't want to go back to that nostalgia. Like, you know, that was like, you know, like I like I had grown into my own adult, or so I thought. And it wasn't until my daughter was born, um, and at some point, um, when, when uh, like, I, I reached a stage of co-parenting where uh, I was like, huh, I wonder what it would be like to go back there. I think one time... Uh, when I was still married, we went we went back because uh, my brother was uh, one of my brothers got married, and I remember we had a nice trip. And I think then um, maybe it was the next year. I don't know that that uh, uh, I was separated, and and I said, well, maybe it'd be nice for me and my daughter to go there. Uh, my ex was like, oh yeah, that's fine. Like uh, if you want to do that. And so then my daughter and I started, like, a, a regular trip here. And it really has changed uh, being able to go 
uh, I guess you just do those same simple things with my daughter. Swim, eat hot dogs, uh, go to soft serve ice cream. That's big uh, chocolate and vanilla twist. And that's really it. That's re- like, I mean, I guess for me, the greatest thing about coming here is that I can take my shirt off when I get here and I don't have to put it back on. So whether I'm here for like five days or two weeks, like, uh, and probably like uh, wear a swimsuit and that's it uh, in a perfect world for most of the time I'm here. And then also that most of the time I can spend it in the sweet embrace of Lady Lake, uh, you know, my Terry. And some days she's splashing like she is tonight and crashing. And if she's crashing and splashing in the right way, it makes for good body surfing, uh, depending on where the waves are breaking, really good body surfing. Uh, and then other times she's as, uh, she never gets glass-like. Some mornings she'll be glass-like. But in the past few years I've been coming here, that's been pretty rare, like... Uh, and you know then but if she's glass like or just lapping the shore uh, it's beautiful and you can see in the water and the water's clear and it's good for uh playing um, you know mother may i and it's really kind of like off in the middle of nowhere there's uh not much around here there's just other like camps there's some summer houses but for the most part it's camps uh or people tearing down camps and building summer houses. But my parents are very uh, camp-oriented. You know, a lot of shell-based arts and lighthouse-based arts. And, uh, like, uh, you know, know, handmade, hand-driftwood-based art. Yeah, thank you, uh, uh, Vacation Brain. Uh, Though there's not a lot of shells up here. Uh, But, yeah, it's, like, it's weird to return to something that I have kind of this mixed nostalgia about. And then to be here with my daughter and to be able to just swim in the lake, eat hot dogs for lunch, uh, maybe have some salt potatoes, eat hot dogs or Italian sausage for dinner, and then do it all again the next day. And the time seems to fly by. And then usually, like in the past, we haven't been able to pull this off this year or last year we didn't even make it here, but... Um, we usually time it with a visit to the Great New York State Fair, but this year we miss out on that. Um, but yeah, like, uh, I'm really thankful for you, Terry, and the memories you're giving me a chance to make now, and the fact that, uh, I can return to this place in my childhood. I guess I haven't had the chance to make things right. I mean, I try to be here, and I try to, uh, be kind and, and uh, but you know it's from around my family and uh, I'm trying to grow and I'm trying to enjoy myself and enjoy usually my siblings are here with their families so enjoy the times with them together and I guess like it's a rare thing so I'm really appreciative and lucky and you know lucky to, like uh, to love the lake uh, I don't know like I mean, I was kind of, like, it might have been sounding like I was joking before. There's just something about, like, I guess, like, like the difference with this lake is that it has a personality. Like, tonight it is a stormy personality, and it's weird because it is really, uh, those waves are pounding, and the sky is clear. 
So there's no storm here, but uh, either because of the winds or because there's a storm someplace else or uh, the pull of the moon, I don't know. Like, uh, it, it, it's really rough out there, and it's a nice rough to sleep to. I mean, I know last night I had two fans on, and I could still hear the crash of the surf, and it was so wonderful. And I mean, you can hear it here, and, and now... As I'm talking about it, the olfactory smells are kicking up. And I think the... I don't know if you can hear it, but it does sound like when the waves crash, it is saying, call me Terry. Listen. Call me Terry. I'm hearing that. And it's drifting in and saying, call me Terry. And now it's it's still, I guess because of the full moon, that hasn't made an appearance, but it'll make an appearance in one of these episodes while I'm here. Uh, it, it's still pretty light out, even though it's got to be pushing past 11. And the white, white, almost blue color of the foaming waves, because of the way the moon is, it's hypnotic. Uh, as they, you know, it gets that sea bubbles as they come up towards my feet. And as you look out in the distance, there's white caps. And on the horizon, there's a line of black of black water uh, you know where where the sun and the moon aren't hitting anymore but then the sky is that's still that kind of I don't know is it a steely blue gray I'm not even sure how to describe it and watching the waves and the spray kick up in the air and just the, like I guess like something that I try to do with this podcast like I know like the the mic I'm using it's meant to be so you could hear my voice and you know like if I was using a mother mic all you'd be able to hear would be the water um so that it's really loud but you know you're only hearing like uh the background fuzz of it but just like how encompassing it is and it's consistent but inconsistent at the same time. And, and that's one of the things I love about uh, water sounds and, and wave sounds. And, the, and what I love about Terry is that, you know, I can appreciate her lapping and then her splashing or those gentle waves that roll with a long shush. And then this more chaotic wave crashing she has going now. And it is chaotic tonight. Like... You can watch, I'm watching them, and the, some are breaking twice, or they're breaking, you know, 10, 20 feet out and foaming all the way in, and then the wave is washing out, and it's crashing and making another wave break, and now there's just a little white cap, and no waves are breaking, and then a little one just crashed close to the shore. A lot of premature waking, uh, uh, Terry. Uh, not, that's not a comment on you. Not a lot of rolling waves either, like left to right, like uh, waves are crashing in different ways. Like, So I don't know if it's quite a roiling sea. I, w- I would say it's, uh, I mean, I would definitely, and I'm a pretty confident swimmer, but it, I mean, if it wasn't dark, I, I could get in and, and swim without a, without a worry at all. I mean, as long as you're paying attention. So not like a super stormy. I mean, and that's what's wonderful about Lake Ontario, uh, Terry, is, uh, I mean, if it gets really stormy here, then you get the real crashing surf. And uh, 
And then in the wintertime, the lake doesn't freeze over, but these giant uh, ice dunes form. I mean, it's, I haven't been up here in the winter in a long, long time, but these giant, like, pyramid-like, they look like giant snowdrifts, but they're actually from the crashing of the waves, the splashing up and freezing. Uh, and the whole shore is covered with these dunes, and we were never allowed to walk out on them. People do, but, uh, you know, my mom banned us from it. Probably smart smart of her to do so well, what would happen with us in the winter or even the fall or the spring when terry was really cold uh is we'd come up here because we'd still come up here a lot uh and we would uh there's two things about the uh, off season one is that we when it was always too cold to go in the water we would lose a ball in the water so i think we'd probably come to the beach to play uh and then what would happen is we'd lose the ball in the water and it'd be too f- cold. We were trying to get it with a ball with a stick and chasing it down uh, along the beach. And then we'd have gone too far and we'd lose the ball normally. Sometimes it would wash back up, but uh, I can remember a lot of balls being carried out to sea. And another thing about the off season is it's like a big fishing area for salmon. And the one, I don't, I don't, that's not important, but like, uh, so even when it's cold, I don't think there's ice fishing, but like, I think in the fall and the spring when it would be cold, because Syracuse, you know, in, in this area has a pretty extreme weather, uh, there would be a hut to sell stuff to fishermen, like coffee and stuff. And they always had Yoohoo. And that was the only place I ever consumed Yoohoo. I can always like remember, and, and I can taste it now. Looking forward to it, and going to the hut, and it being cold, and it's, it would go to the state park. Uh, I don't know if anybody ever listened to uh, the moss-based woman episode. I don't know what that was called with kiwi shavers. Uh, as an episode where I sang, and uh, that's when I probably the last episode I ever sang. That was a, a, a character, a beloved sleep with me character. Who probably will be a Patreon episode, but uh, he only talks in singing. He's uh, his name's Kiwi Shavers. He's from either Australia or New Zealand, and he's a really great guy. We, we he he was helping me two years ago when I was here, uh, run in the woods and record. But uh, what was my point? Oh, so we'd go to the state park and we drink. I would drink YooHoo. It just felt like a god, and I'm not kidding. Like uh, the weird memories that bring you joy. At the time and in the past, and, and even in the past, like looking back at it, the feel of that yoo-hoo, the cold, the freezing cold yoo-hoo, it was freezing cold outside. There's something about that syrupy, watery chocolate taste uh, that was magical. And uh, kind of like the sweet, magical embrace of Terry, Lake Ontario, a lake I love, and... Uh, yeah, I guess I just wanted to share with you a little bit. I actually wanted, to, and maybe I'll come down to the beach again, you know, and we'll leak these uh, on-location episodes out over months. So I don't know if this will be the first one you're hearing or, like, if this will be in the fall or the winter. Like, I could set the temperature right now. I have a sweatshirt on, and, I, and it's breezy uh, and jeans. But it's, uh, you know, it's a, like a summer day. It didn't get really hot today. Yeah, but it's pleasant out, and there's a there's a wind, uh, more of a wind than a breeze. And I'm here on the on the uh, the edge of uh, 
you know, my favorite lake of lakes, uh, my lady, Lady Lake Ontario. I'd like to call her Terry, but I'll see what she says about it tomorrow. And I hope, like, you could just uh, sit here and maybe I'll carry you off with uh, watching the waves come in and splash and swish and rush and thunder, you know, kind of a thunder. Listen to that, a thunder coming in, coming in, rushing and sushing and swooshing going back out over and over again consistently coming up and coming in over and over again and I, I'll carry it out with uh, just some uh, oh no I can't do that because there's people are listening back to back episodes uh, if I like just leave in some lake noise it'll wake people up so I like to, I got to keep all the listeners in mind here. Uh, but I just want to thank you for listening to this episode, and you know, thank you, like, like Terry, and uh, and thanks for listening because it really, uh, you know, I'm a like a cynical person, and to kind of get to relive some memories with you uh, makes me really full of gratitude uh, for the kind of memories that I push to the side and. You know, and I don't don't give myself the chance to savor those. I prefer to savor the brooding, uh, angst-ridden ones instead of saying, "Hey, remember when I drank uh, 50 sodas uh, and uh, ran around like a lunatic? Those those were good times. Uh, had a crush on my aunt. Kinda had a crush on my aunt. I, I think I did. I just had a huge crush on this one aunt. So the aunt from ET. I did have a crush on her, but it was superseded by this other aunt. And then, you know, my crush on my babysitter's sister. She may have babysat us a few times, but I probably... Uh, so, yeah, good night. Uh, but, the you know, on the shores of the woman I have the biggest crush on, uh, Terry. Good night. <laughs>